how did I, I know you started talking about COVID and how you started kind of in, in, in the middle of COVID. Wow. So how did that? It, it, I, I, I kind of attended to, I ran out in the interstate during rush hour traffic. You know, that's what I did. I ran out into the interstate during rush hour traffic. Only thing that saved me was it was rush hour traffic, so the cars weren't going that fast. But it, was, it nearly was the ending for us. Um, COVID just kept getting worse. And so a lot of the food trucks didn't come back. A lot of them sold out and bankrupt. And this is nationwide. And since I traveled the U.S. so extensively, I always go try to find a food truck for supper. It may be a 45-minute drive, but I'm going to go find the guy that's got the taco truck that's still open at 7.30 at night. I'm going to drive and go get tacos from him because it's just trying to support our brothers and sisters in the food industry. Hello, everyone. This is Turuturo, the Filipino restaurant podcast, where each week we profile restaurants or food trucks serving delicious Filipino cuisine. This is your host, Gene Carangal, avid home cook and event promoter for the Adobo Throwdown Cooking Competition and Food Expo. So I want to go back to talking about the food truck. And actually, I wanted to kind of key in on the challenges of owning a food truck. So... And and this this is going to be a very complex question. So... Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently with your food truck? <laughs> and you can't say everything. Yeah, but I was like, <laughs> well, for, you know, and that would that would be my first shoot from the hip answer yeah. is, yeah. but not everything. Probably not start it when I think that maybe we're about to start a pan have a pandemic. Yeah. Nobody even knew how deep this was going to run. <laughs> Nobody had a clue how deep this was going to run and how impacting the world it was going to be. But you just don't ever know. Um, I feel like I had done my homework. I took three years and talked to people in three countries about that had food trucks, mm-hmm. that had food trailers, to compare notes. And everybody had about the same answer for about the same question. Okay. So I don't know if I could have done much more research. Okay. I don't know if I could have. It's you learn new stuff every day, and and this is this is our first time to be in business together. Mm-hmm. I back twenty five years ago, I started a company called Boudreaux's Cajun Cooking, and I made spicy party mix. And I would sell it everywhere. And people loved it. Had my own logos. It was great. But that was a part-time gig. But to now, to have a $100,000 food truck mm-hmm. with all the things that you have to know about that you just don't know about. I don't care if you've worked in a restaurant for 25 years. You step onto a food truck, it's a whole new animal. I know this because people that lost their restaurants during the pandemic that's then started food trucks have said, man, this has been totally different. I thought I had it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what surprised you the most? Mm. Wow. I think how hard it is to find a good spot to set up. Mm. 
And, and we could do a whole segment on that alone, is that a lot of events that invite you to come to the event are looking for very large donations from the food truck owners. To, and it's a, it's a nonprofit organization. Mm. I get the concept. But it's hard for us with our profit margins to make a profit to pay for the multitude of things that cost you money on a food truck and then also give 20% mm -hmm. to to a wonderful charitable deal. I mean, a lot of these things we go, we barely break even on. We do it because we want to see the look on the people's faces and to feel like we're doing something to give back. And and we, we already give 10% discounts for all military active duty and veterans. We're very active in Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, got a lot of brothers that, that, that they're their full-time Mm. Need, needing that yep. kind of help. And so both physically and emotionally and psychologically. So uh, that was the, that's, that's one of the things that people don't think about is where do you go set up? And a food truck park that we thought was going to be around forever in San Antonio is out of business. Uh, we went by there the other day and went, whoa. All the food trucks Austin, are gone. Austin, yeah, like the Austin. Austin Highway. Austin Highway, yeah. Not far from. Yep. <clears throat> not far from the Asian market. Is that Street Fair USA? Yeah, Street Fair yeah. USA. Yeah. They I, closed after two years. I remember. Yeah. I talked to them <clears throat> four or five times during the pandemic. Yep, we're start just restarting. And I wanted to set up there. Didn't call us back. Never called us back. I would call, yeah. leave messages. Hi, this is Bud Stoker with Patriot Grill. And we went down there and we, we did our did our due diligence and went and looked around, looked at different trucks. It was a pretty wide variety of food, pizza, mm -hmm. tacos, it was uh, ice cream and yeah. that kind of stuff. And I remember um, Arecebo food truck was there. I know there's a pizza truck was there. Mm -hmm. And I think, I'm just kind of guessing what killed him was the construction. Like they, I think they lost a lot of traffic because all that construction, it yeah. doesn't look like it's open. Right. Yeah. And, you, you, and getting in there, first time we it's went tricky. there, we went right by it. Yeah. So like, oh, oh yeah. Gosh. No, it's came easy down, drove down underneath yeah. the overpass, came yeah. back around, came in where you where you dump water for the truck. I'm like, yeah. This is how you get in this place. I mean, it can't be that. The location. Yeah. The location yeah. Was just I don't think it, it's not the location; it's the accessibility. Yeah, the accessibility uh, it just doesn't bad. look. It it doesn't get people. You know. You don't get walk-in traffic. You don't, yeah. and you're surrounded by tire mm. shops and industrial-looking places. Mm. That's not where you would think there's yep. going to be a food truck yep. park, you know. And that's I think it. You're right. I think that that really, if I anything killed them, that was the final nail. Yep, that was it. Them. And then, so, okay, so locations always. Uh, 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 so, <clears throat> so you have to go. Do you market your? Do you have to market yourself as a, a lot of uh, of um, uh, word of mouth, like referrals. Yeah, and we've yeah. done very little advertising. And uh, the same guy on the burrito truck in, in New York that told me that he cut down your menu, don't have too much. Mm -hmm. He also said he started spending more and more on advertising. He said, but make sure you're targeting people that'll come to your truck. Mm -hmm. Social media has become such a strong presence yeah. and ours is increasing exponentially every week. Mm -hmm. uh, we have almost 800 followers now. Seven. 
We have almost 800, right? So, so, and, and, and a lot of them are loyal customers. A lot of people are in the Philippines, a little far for delivery. Uh, <laughs> although I, we did tell her sister last night, she wants some tacos. I'll be on the way right now. Yeah. But uh, so that marketing is, is very important. Getting the word out there is, okay. has been difficult because yeah. it's very expensive to advertise. And finding the sweet spot to go set up we're doing more and more and more neighborhoods. Got another text on the company phone today where we were at church that, hey, got this neighborhood. That we're, we want your food. We love your website. Call me back, call me back, call me back three times. So I'm going to call them back tomorrow and get them set up. So for the month of March, we've got a really strange bunch of already set up uh, events. We've got a couple schools. We've got uh, two real estate developments and a couple of, uh, of neighborhoods mm-hmm. that, that want us to come. And then, um, so finding a location, what about other challenges? Like, how did, I, I know you started talking about COVID and how you started kind of in, in, in the middle of COVID. Wow. So how did that? It, it, I, I, I kind of attend it to, I ran out in the interstate during rush hour traffic. You know, that's what I did. I ran out into the interstate during rush hour traffic. Only thing that saved me was it was rush hour traffic, so the cars weren't going that fast. But it, was, it nearly was ending for us. Um, COVID just kept getting worse. And so a lot of the food trucks didn't come back. Mm-hmm. A lot of them sold out, went bankrupt. And this is nationwide. And since I traveled the U.S. so extensively, I always go try to find a food truck for supper. It may be a 45-minute drive, but I'm going to go find the guy that's got the taco truck that's still open at 7.30 at night. I'm going to drive and go get tacos from him because just trying to support our brothers and sisters in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Another huge challenge has been inflation and food costs. We have not raised our prices yet, in spite of a 35% increase in, in food costs. The briskets that we used to buy for almost $3 a pound are now four fifty dollars a pound. And you can cut quality. You can buy a cheaper cut of meat. You can leave a little more fat on it. You can do whatever it is you want to do, but we refuse to take that step. We'll get out of the business before we... Mm-hmm before we would do that to our customers. But eventually we're going to have to start raising our yeah. prices up a little bit because it is insane. And mm. it's not like people don't know this. If you go buy groceries for your family, for yourself, you know the prices have gone stupid yep. high. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's the hardest thing in the world to convince customers is that you have to raise prices. Right. Because you cannot absorb these losses. No, you can't. Uh, you'd go the out of business. Margins are just not there. <clears throat> they're they're razor thin. And, uh, and one well. other thing too that has been one of our <clears throat> major expenses, that gasoline prices have been <clears throat> like on a roller coaster, going backwards with no seatbelt. You just don't know. <clears throat> and our generator has to use the non-ethanol gasoline. It's very expensive. Something else people don't know is that to ensure that food bus, since it is a movable motor vehicle. Is almost twenty five hundred dollars a year. Two thousand five hundred a year went up five hundred and eighty dollars just from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. In one year, no accidents, no tickets, 
no claims. It just went up. And then you have food insurance, liability insurance, mm-hmm. which is $750 to $1,000 a year. So when you start breaking that down into all your different expenses you have, at the end of the day, an $8, $10 torta is still a pretty good deal. Yeah. I think on the insurance side, I think that's across the board. It is. Like across the board, car insurance. Motor carrier uh, insurance, everything. Everything USAA sends me that, gee, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I know you haven't had a (laughs) ticket in 35 years, but we're just going to raise your insurance anyway. Yeah, that's a cost that, and unfortunately, it is is universal. And I'm not driving a Hummer, so you know nope. I don't hear it's an expensive <laughs> exactly. car. So that that is tough with inflation. Uh, it has to be reflected in your prices. So it, it's it's a very very tough sell. What about supply chain problems? Have you got to do? It has been. Mm-hmm. It is getting better. Okay. Uh, great example. We purchase everything uh, from Restaurant Depot. It's. Uh, I love their slogan where restaurants go to shop and it's huge. It's a couple of Walmarts put together, nothing but food stuff, nothing but, you know, you have to have a license to go there. You can't just not, I can't walk in the door. We've looked at prices and availability of simplistic items, styrofoam containers to keep, put the food in and keep it warm to serve the customers. You walk in and it looks like when the pandemic hit, the toilet paper aisle. Mm-hmm. No tangle. Don't have any. I don't have them. I ain't got any. Well, when are you going to get them? I don't know. But we thought the truck was coming in with them today. Called my supplier. And this is probably 20% of their items that they sell in the store. There's big, big gaps. And so for us, it makes it kind of difficult when you know what you want to buy, but you can't find it anywhere. And we're kind of limited where we can buy stuff from as well. Mm-hmm. And we have the storage and everything has to be just right. So uh, mm-hmm. you have to maintain food temperatures. There's a lot of things that normal folks don't worry about when they run down the street exactly. to HEB <laughs> and grab their groceries. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're under those constraints. We have to make sure we refrigerate the meat you know, while we're transporting it. All those things are very, very important. Yep. So, yeah, the supply chain has been a real issue for us. So one thing that I realized when we were... We had just got back in the Philippines, but when we were in the Philippines trying to get order uh, carry out, yeah, they asked if, it, if, it, if we were going to be dining in our carry out. I said, No, it'll be carry out. They said, Well, we have to charge you for the containers. Yep, so I'm starting to see that more and more. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, you know, the other, other, other end you we're starting to see that on too as to where businesses are charging us is your credit card processing people. Uh, we use Square, mm-hmm. and they charge us a percentage, 2.6 yep. 2. every yeah. credit card. Yep. By manually entering, it's 3.5, yep. you know, so it just keeps going up. And now I'm starting to see people, that co- companies that make you pay as a customer. Well, there's a 3.5% upcharge for using mm-hmm. your credit card instead of cash. And nobody carries cash around like we used to right. 30, 40 years ago. First of all, nobody could have a credit card back then. You had to be Howard Hughes. That would, you have a credit card? So that's so those, yeah. that's, an, that's another one of those costs that we have to absorb. Yeah. And we just did an event that was uh, $2,000 for the event. And they call me to give me the credit card number. 
And all I can think about in that magic moment is, oh my Lord, that is 3.5 or 6% that Square is going to charge me because I'm going to have to manually put in this this gentleman's credit card number. 3.6% of a couple of thousand is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And it comes straight out of our bottom line, straight out of it. And so now I see why people are starting to charge that for, for the... Yeah, that's usually not received well. What I've seen work is they market it differently. Now, instead, they say now they raise the price. Then they say, hey, that credit card price is that's a regular price. However, you get if you pay by cash, it's a cash discount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how gas stations have gotten great yeah. at that. You because they, yep. they can flash the two fifty nine. Cash. Up on the board. This is cash. And but the the little letters when you get closer and closer to the gas station that says cash. Yep. Prepaid yep. cash. Yep. Right. Who goes to the gas station anymore on a normal basis and pulls out forty bucks and says mm-hmm. here fill her up. Yep. No, it's perfectly legal. And then that's I think that's how it's going to go. And it's sad. Yeah. And, you know the last thing we want to do is there be any perception of anything on the bus other than who Bell and I are. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bill said in the beginning of this, that we are kind of what you see is what you get. Yeah. Like us or love us, it's, it's the same, but what, yeah. what you see is what you get. I have to sleep at night. Okay. And, and it's no different than the family we, that came up to us the other day and they wanted to get a bottle of water was all. And I could tell that they could not afford anything and they had the little girl there. And I'm like, oh, no, that, we're not doing that. So I tell Bill, do some French fries and a corn dog for the little girl. Give the Give the... The adults, some you know, give them a soft drink and something. Mm-hmm. Give them, let them try your lumpia or something, and they walked away with free food. Well, you know, mm-hmm. that's just pure profit came out of my pocket. But Bud's got to sleep with Bud at mm-hmm. night, absolutely. And I got to shave this ugly mug in mm-hmm. the morning, you know. So I want to be able to say yep. that that you know I can sleep well at night. Well, that's another reason why you need to charge certain prices so you can do that. Right? True. So you need to be able to afford to do that, and then that, that's a big yeah. part of it. And we've been we've been lamenting over that, Gene. We've been trying so hard to find the sweet spot for the pricing. Mm-hmm. And Carol's our CFO, and mm-hmm. so you know she's the one that's quick to say, "Well, you know, this is X number of percent that it's costing us. That that drops us down to this percentage of profit on that item and this." And so we have to really weigh all the factors out because I still want to be open next year. Mm-hmm. We're we're in this for this is not a sprint. For us, and okay. we're not going to. You're in the long for the long. We course. are. We are. This is a marathon, and I don't want to become the flash in the pan that didn't mm-hmm. make it because we made the critical errors. Yep. Yeah. Um. So now let's. This is kind of a good segue to my next question: is about your future plans. So, what is your vision for the future? Like, what is your you know, one-year plan, what's your five-year plan, what's your 10-year plan? You know, year one plan for every biz, new business, especially food industry business, that the failure rate's 96%, is to still be here 12 months from now. Okay. Still be here. Five-year plan. Recently, we've kind of had a change of heart. We, we, we wanted a restaurant. We wanted to, oh, got to have a restaurant. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not really in the food business until I have a restaurant with that big, beautiful Eagle Patriot Grill logo shining in the night, right? Yeah. Well, that went away. 
that that went away. A, it's the costing involved of what it takes to actually get one going and then surviving. It would be like almost starting over again. Plus, we have customers everywhere. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. get phone calls from people that said, "Hey, I ate. I was in town the other day. I live, you know, forty-five miles south of town here." What do y'all think about coming down here and opening up a, a food truck? Sure, I'll go buy three more. Why not, right? It takes a lot, but we're looking at continuing on growing our catering business because there's a lot of hands-on there. You get that, you get to talk to the people directly. So we want to continue to grow consistency of where we're we're setting up. Yes, uh, that's why. Potential customers like the folks there at, uh, you know, do a shout out for them out at uh, the reserve in New Braunfels. Great, great people. Beautiful, beautiful setup they have there. Having a more permanent place to set up more often makes a big difference. That's the only way you can build a client base. Right now, we get a call from San Antonio to come do you know, an event down there for the real estate folks we know when we get a call from New Braunfels to come set up at the school. It's almost like it's a whole different business every time you go. Bring the food to the people. Yeah. That's right. So, I wanted to ask. What's the catering? um, How do you have a setup when you cater? It's almost totally different. Uh, We have a a Ford Transit uh, transport vehicle that, one of the white box looking trucks that is, is the one we use to set up. So we will literally transport, cook the food on the bus, put it into food warmers, the big commercial food warmers, and then take them out to the location. Then we set up with all the, the stainless steel trays and the food okay. warmers and the lids and the, the heat lamps for the Lupia. Yeah. So it's indoors or outdoors? Indoors. Yeah. Oh. So you cater events. Yeah, we yes. literally go yes. and ride the service elevator up like at the University of like, Texas Health uh, Science Center. We can costume, like we can bring the truck and customize the, the sure. food that we want to, like a birthday party. Yep. But like a taco, day, taco birthday party yep. game. Yeah, we did, ta- did the taco deal. All yeah. they wanted was like chicken that. and, and uh, brisket tacos. A lot of people want the truck there. They want to show their friends and all, hey, I just hired Patriot Grill. It's a beautiful bus. We pull up, we open the serving window and go ding, 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 come and get it. I love doing that. That's okay. a, That's one of the first things I bought. I guess I watched too many episodes of uh, Bonanza. Yep. And you know, bing, 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 bing. We had it. Announcing we're ready. Yeah, yes. the triangle. So the catering is really good and we've become we're able to be more, what's the word I'm looking for? More, we can do more things more versatile. Because if you want the truck there, that's fine. If you want us to set up on your patio for your husband's 50th birthday, Mm -hmm. that's what we can do. So do you have those priced differently? Yes. Okay, cool. So you have packages? It does, because anytime we move the bus, it changes the dynamics of the cost factors. Okay. The, The bus, it's a big V10 engine that's trying to pull a lot, a lot of weight. So that thing gets eight whole miles to the gallon. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's, there's transport costs. We don't charge a setup charge 
in a teardown charge. I think you're getting too deep in the weeds with the customer. Yeah. They don't care about that. What they yeah. want to know is what's my bottom line? Mm-hmm. Yep. What per person is this going to cost me to have you come out with your bus and park it in front of my house so all my friends and neighbors can come over for a big party? Mm-hmm. So 20, you build that into your head. Yep, you build that 20 bucks your ahead. Yes. I'll bring you tacos, tortas, lumpia, pancit, whatever it is you want. You pick out four or five items you think are the what your friends will like or try. We also do brisket bites, and those are a little bit harder to cook. Basically, it's our brisket that we cook, mm-hmm. the, the, like on the taco. Take basically that lump of meat, we freeze them, we dip them in sweet corn dog batter, reef and then freeze them, and then we drop them in the grease. And okay. So, it's so a, are those? Chi- they're not chopped yet. So they're basically. Oh, it's already chopped. Oh, it's already chopped. It's already so like they're chunks of brisket. And then, wait, you ro- no? You it, to- <clears throat> yeah, we have to actually form the brisket into the dough, into into the batter. The flour. How do you do that without it breaking apart? It's not easy. Not easy. It's get a lot of the juice out, and it yeah, you have it's to naturally all the falls apart. Out. Yes. And so it would be easier <clears throat> for me just to cut one of the briskets into cubes. But honestly, by the time I get to the cutting part of the brisket, even cross-cutting it, it's hard to get a slice out of it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that uh, Dr. Nelson loved uh, okay. uh, it, when, when we did the big, yeah. he wanted a whole brisket. And Dr. Nelson held up a piece of our brisket at Dr. Dannett's uh, event and said, I used to think, because he's from the part of the Philippines that has the best. Capital, culinary capital. Yes. He said, I used to think so-and-so had the best brisket. This is the best brisket I've ever had. It's wow. like he was, I felt like I, like he was on the Lion King, you know? And I was like, oh, Lord, what's he about to say? I thought I had had brisket before. What is this supposed yeah. to be? You know, you know your heart skips a beat, you know? What did you answer? Hmm? You put what? You put that? Love, love, heart, heart, love, love. That was the answer. Where is the culinary place in the Philippines? Huh? Where is... I come from the from Pampanga, yeah. the culinary yeah. capital yeah. of the world. And yeah. I thought, oh, this yeah. is going to end for Because yeah. he's announcing it in front of 60 people, you know. I'm like, you oh, know. this is going to be great. I'm going to crawl under the table. <laughs> okay. So, um, so how do you think you could scale your business? Or do you want to? I lay in bed at night and think about this constantly. And it always comes back to, I think, if we tried to scale down the business, we'd start cutting corners. I think it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. I think there's no way to do it without that being the fallout from it. Mm -hmm. Belle could not put carrots in her lumpia. You could leave them out. Carrots are expensive? Um, it's very hard to find, them. to find them that are fresh. Restaurant Depot has carrots that look like something that Bugs Bunny had in a dream that time when he pulled the <laughs> carrot out of the ground and it was this big. They have carrots that are that big around. Well, they, those won't even go through the meat grinder. They're so mm. big. So you got you have to, you have to chop them. You yeah. got to chop them. So the labor... The cost factor, another $40, $50 a bag for big carrots. If, you, if I started scaling back. I mean, I'm what, saying scaling up. Now, scaling up? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. Like, what would you do? 
to scale up? You would have to hire. That's others. the first thing. And I may hurt some of your listeners' feelings when I say this out loud, but everybody thinks it. Nobody takes care of your business like you mm-hmm. take care of your business. No, that's true. Bell and I have passion about what we do. We have passion. To mm-hmm. us, this is an art form. Anybody can cook. If you have the passion, it shows in the food. You can see it. You can smell it. You can taste it. And I think it's important to maintain that forever. And person that you hire, yeah. 9 out of 10 are not going to have that. Mm-hmm. Closest friend, neighbor's child, doesn't matter. Yep. So scaling up, we do have some things in the works. Uh, Lumpia, frozen, ready to go. RTU, I mean RTE, ready to eat. Uh, we're working with a co-packer in conversation with a co-packer now. So the co-packer is for meal kits or is it for sauces? It, for yeah. both. Okay. For lumpia. We're for doing for lumpia and lumpia then also for yeah. the sassy sauce. The okay. sassy For the anti pepper sauce. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you. <laughs> to where, and we've, we've been working on vacuum packing. Uh, QVC sells some guys uh, egg rolls. Egg rolls in New York. In New York. And now they get a big job. So those are the things we're looking at doing is you, you make you, you make your sustainability when you, if you're asleep and people are still buying your food. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're looking at, some of the things we're going to do. The, like H-E-B or Costco? Yep. Okay. Just happens our next door. So for the sauces, you would, you would then outsource that? Yes, you almost have to volume-wise. We, okay. we, there's not enough hours in the day yep. for us to, you know, first thing sense. tomorrow morning, we leave for Restaurant Depot. So it is every minute of every day is scheduled. Is that the one where you you white label it and then you give them the uh, the company the formula and they print it for you and yep. they package it? Yep, and yeah. then they take their cut out of it and then they actually go out and market it for you as well. Yeah, that's like what I've heard, especially well, especially on the on the sauces, the barbecue sauces. That's probably the most cutthroat, most competitive. It is market, but it really is. Mm-hmm. And so you have to ask yourself: Am I okay with three percent? of my product am i okay for the three percent profit because when people get told that they usually hang up mm-hmm. when you talk to the co-packers one in houston that very very good very knowledgeable they do a lot of the crafting stuff craft pro- products for them they you don't realize that they farm a lot of this stuff out mm-hmm. their overages but when you start looking at three to five percent of your own profit but you, you're handling none of it right but you're making money while you sleep you are yeah. So that's what yeah. made Sam Walton multi billionaire. Mm-hmm. He makes three cents on everything. Yep. And he just sells a lot of everything. Yep. That's the key. So I think that is it for the. Uh, it's like those are all my questions, but I have uh, 20 smaller questions. And oh, it's wait. time for the lightning this, this, round. This is, the <laughs> this is time for the lightning round. I'm going to do something different. E- oh, no, okay. So, yeah, so you're going to be asked. 20 questions, you have to answer in less than 90 seconds. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that and actually make that two minutes, but I'm going to put a little twist. That's good because I'm old. I appreciate that. There should be okay, a, there but should be here's, here's the twist. The twist is you're going to be alternating. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. Me one, you yeah, one, me one, yeah. me one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to who's going to answer. 
No pressure. All right. Oh. And it starts now. Sisig versus Dinuguan. Sisig. Karekare versus Bulalo. Oh, Bulalo. Chicken versus, uh, versus pork adobo. Pork adobo. <laughs> Salty or sweet? Salty. Tapsilog or spamsilog? Tapsilog. What is the one food you would never want to give up? Tacos. Favorite non-Filipino restaurant? Mm, Mexican. <laughs> uh, like restaurant. Like, restaurant. Uh, yes. Okay. Favorite Filipino restaurant that is not yours? Oh, God. You like it. You like it. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Come on. Jollibee. <laughs> what movie do you enjoy quoting the most? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> okay. What is the one thing you regret spending money on? Golf. If you could be transformed into one animal, which one would you choose? A dog. A dog? Yeah. A dog. Okay. A dog? A dog. Okay. Yeah. A dog. What is the one thing you wish you enjoyed more? Time off. What time do you usually wake up in the morning? Six o'clock. Who is your hero? Chuck Norris. What never fails to make you laugh? Uh, <laughs> what? You're making fun. Me. Oh, bud. Yeah, bud. bud. Okay, got it. <laughs> Would you rather sleep in late or take a long nap midday? Sleep in late. What is your favorite? Who, who is your favorite Disney character? Mickey Mouse. Is your bed made right now? Just... Yes. Okay. One last question. Describe your food truck in one word. Passionate. Wonderful. You guys did great. You missed one question, but it's all right. Which one this did week, I miss? Because uh, <laughs> it had to be made. Yeah, finish the phrase. I was going to ask this oh. for Bell. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to ask it now. Finish the phrase, the way to my heart is... Chew my stomach. <laughs> there you go. There you that go. That is a true statement. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we're, let's just wrap up. What's the best way to get a hold of you? I'm old school. I like a phone call. Okay. So we'll post your phone your uh, phone information on the uh, on the uh, show notes. And do you have a website? ProtonMail.com is our email. Email. The website is PatriotGrillTX.com. Okay. Well, also, we know your social media handles. We'll post those on the website. Thank you so much. Instagram. Thank you for having us. This is always fun to do this. I need a nap. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Bud and Bell. Thank you for listening to Turuturo, the Filipino Restaurant Podcast. 
subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Salamat po at magkita tayo sa susunod. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.